Hello and welcome to the Miko Bits show and I'm your host Miko Bits. Uh, today I have an exciting show for you. It's Emma Jane McKinnon Lee who is from Digitalix and this space is very exciting. It's really related to a lot of the conversations we've been having around NFT or non-fungible tokens. So it relates to the blockchain and it relates to the collection of digital assets and experiences. So I think, uh, you know, without further ado, uh, let's get straight into it. So Emma Jane, nice to have you on the Miko Bits show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I guess the first thing to uh, ask is, is how, uh, what? tell us about uh, your project. Tell us about Digitalix. Sure. Um, so Digitalix, where I guess a little bit unique or different in the space, um, where an NFT uh, protocol, uh, we're built on Ethereum, and we're focused on the digital fashion uh, market segment. So this industry is really quite new, um, and it, it has a lot of ties and links to uh, you know 3D content when it comes to gaming, VR, uh, these kind of applications. Um, but we're looking at more from a side of distribution. So how you can enable uh, the digital fashion industry from a, a distribution side. And this is really where we started looking at NFTs um, and how they can add value for digital assets and kind of distributing digital assets um, from that supply chain perspective. So to kind of give the, the background of DigitalX and what we're focused on, uh, we have a number of verticals. Um, our bigger vision is really around how you can enable digital fashion um, through NFTs uh, for gaming and VR. So we've started with building out a marketplace um, and on our platform, we've partnered with a number of digital fashion designers globally where they're creating really cool uh, 3D hyper-realistic digital fashion assets and they're listing them for, for auctions in our marketplace um, as NFTs, ERC-721s, um, and then buyers are able to come on and bid within certain time periods um, to, you know, purchase these assets in a sense. So that's really how we've started. Um, but the bigger vision is how you can kind of, um, as I mentioned, enable this digital supply chain uh, through using NFTs uh, to kind of have that on-chain verification and authenticity of these digital assets to be able to streamline the process of shipping content uh, into the gaming and VR applications. So to kind of like give a, a brief breakdown of, of how we're tackling that. Um, we're looking very much at like unique concepts of the digital fashion supply chain um, and how you can use NFTs to enable that. So all of the NFTs on our platform, these garments, they're issued as ERC-721s, um, but we're kind of partnering that with a variation of the erc 998s uh, contract. And, and this ERC-998, it's about how you can have a master uh, NFT and link that with kind of uh, child NFTs or have this master NFT own uh, a collection of other NFTs, whether that's 1155s or, or 721s. So on our platform, uh, all of these 721 uh, tokens that are issued, they actually own uh, different sets of 1155 tokens. Um, and this is really an interesting concept and it's this new kind of uh, innovation that we're bringing forward in the space around fractional garment ownership within a supply chain. So how you can kind of have uh, modular and building block components of a garment down to a material, a pattern, a texture level, 
um, and enable kind of artists and designers to be able to issue these 1155s of, of patterns and textures um, and then have the master garment uh, kind of asset uh, or, or digital fashion piece uh, be able to use those 1155s from uh, both an on-chain perspective through this kind of 998 standard where the 721 actually owns these 1155s on-chain, um, but also from a, a graphical and um, fidelity perspective where, you know, these uh, patterns are actually used within the, the master garment design. So it's kind of this whole supply chain that we're building up um, and how you can kind of give, I guess, a, a creator or a designer more power and access to um, modular components of a design and then to build up a, a really amazing piece that can then be verified and authenticated um, from an ownership perspective um, through the blockchain and then be able to, uh, you know, ship that into a game um, and, and use NFTs as that authentication. So that's kind of a, a brief overview. Uh, we're looking a lot at the, you know, side of cross-platform interoperability of digital assets and how digital fashion can be taken into different platforms, both blockchain and, and non-blockchain, particularly from a, a virtual experiences side. Um, but uh, I guess that's kind of, you know, a, a big chunk of what we're doing. And um, yeah, I'll stop there and kind of let you ask more questions and, and go into more details. Yeah, absolutely. So, th you know, that's exciting. And it's definitely a really interesting thing. Uh, I understand that you already have uh, some traction with respect to sort of sales of the assets. So uh, maybe you can describe a little bit about what the well, early reception has been and what are the assets that are doing well for you? Yeah, so I mean, look, we were very humbled and and, and shocked even uh, and unexpected, I would say, um, by kind of the exposure that we were able to, to gain and the designers were able to gain um, on our platform. So I mean, we're a new protocol. We only started our first auctions about three and a half weeks ago. Um, and as I said, we've partnered with about 30 digital fashion designers based globally. They're all amazingly talented. They're, they're based in Rwanda to uh, all you know locations in Europe, to Australia, US. Uh, some of them have a background in, in Nike. Um, so really, really talented and creative. And we partnered with them for our first two auctions that we've run on the platform. Um, the first auction, we had an average selling price of 1,000 uh, USD per garment. So that was around kind of two ETH or so. Um, but then we just literally had our second auction, which closed on Monday. And this was even more insane, where it was uh, around 4,000 USD uh, average selling price per garment. And that was nine designs that sold for a total of uh, 50 ETH uh, altogether. So... Um, kind of absolutely and crazily hectic. Um, a lot of the bids have come in. I mean, how we've kind of run them, it's been a, a time series. So the first auction ran for two weeks and then our second auction was only a four-day auction. And all of the bids kind of, it's very um, mild, I would say, in terms of bidding throughout most of the, the process. But in the last kind of four or five hours, um, even up to the last 10 minutes, it goes like absolutely hectic. And, and we partnered with one, uh, you know, very talented um, OG crypto artist, uh, Robness, for our second auction that we just run. And, and this was kind of a part of this fractional garment ownership side. So he provided these really cool artistic or crypto artistic um, uh, dimensional fabrics and, and textures and patterns that then our designers used um, within the garments. Um, so we partnered with him. And yeah, I think that his community got really involved as well 
with the design. So we had our highest uh, sale uh, or digital fashion piece um, in that auction, and it was for 12.5 ETH um, for, for one garment. So yeah, an incredible reception that we're really humbled by. That's fantastic. And it's great. It's great to see kind of this, this exciting initial successes and these kind of traction points. Um, one of the things that I think the audience would love to understand better is kind of the uh, experience environments, right? So like, how, what are the formats? And how, how do people experience your, uh, your, your creations and art? Great. Very good question. I mean, um, this is kind of a, you know, a, a bigger question in the space, I would say, around NFT industry in general, because I feel like uh, the industry is at a stage where it's, you know, getting a lot of traction in the past few months. I know, you know, if you think about Super Rare, that platform, I think that I, they've been around for about three years now, sure. but I think 80% of their volume literally came in, in the past uh, three months or so. So we're definitely on a, a big bull run with, with NFTs. Um, and it's been very much driven around this cosmetic side. Um, and this is really DigitalX, our first two auctions. It was focused around purely the cosmetic uh, side of, of these digital fashion NFTs, where they didn't have any utility or application um, and, and buyers were buying it from that, you know, more, I'd say, investor relationship and, and cosmetic side um, and seeing, I guess, a, a longer term value in the, the graphic it, itself. Um, but DigitalX, because we are digital fashion focused, um, there's that expectation, I would say, around fashion is that it has some utility and application. And from a digital perspective, that really comes in uh, through 3D environments, through, uh, you know, digital experiences, uh, gaming, VR. Uh, these are kind of our biggest use cases. And this is really where we're focusing on is how you can create this, I guess, digital fashion toolkit and engine um, for, you know, enabling people to come on purchase really cool uh, fashion assets, which comes with a lot of this idea of self-expression and identity and, and how you can enable that through fashion. Um, and then be able to take these into different, uh, you know, VR or, or digital environments um, and kind of utilize that. So I guess to give kind of a, a different scope on some of the, the business use cases of digital fashion and, and where that comes from. Obviously a really big one is just gaming in general. Um, particularly from more like a metaverse and, and multiplayer side. You know, if you think about Fortnite, some of their biggest uh, model comes from their skins sure. and players really wanting to be able to self-express. So these kind of gaming environments, both block, blockchain and non-blockchain based, um, is really a, a big kind of um, area that we're targeting as DigitalX and, and as our marketplace and platform. Um, but it also extends much more. And I can say that, I guess more tangibly as a protocol, what we've been able to achieve is um, our first partnership actually in the space that we just launched or, or announced last week. Um, and it's a really kind of a, a bigger thing for, for the NFT space in general, where our digital fashion assets are being accepted um, into these personalized virtual world app um, by UCAN. They're actually a, a Silicon Valley based company. They're kind of create these personalized virtual worlds that they're, they're browser based, but they're 3D, they have these avatars and you can kind of create these worlds and go in and experience different events, hold virtual conferences, hold virtual concerts, um, you know, different events in that aspect. And we're their first digital fashion, a dedicated partner, where our NFTs are being accepted uh, within this non-blockchain environment. So pretty much if you come on our DigitalX platform and you purchase a digital fashion NFT, um, you can then go into the UCAN world and have your NFT 
recognized under these uh, Ethereum or ERC721 standards from a digital ownership perspective. So if you owned an exclusive NFT on DigitalX, uh, then within UCAN, you would also have that exclusive asset, which I think is an, a really amazing uh, use case that we've been able to kind of pull off for the, the, the broader NFT ecosystem from this cross-platform interoperability side, because I definitely think that that's the future of NFTs when it comes to, you know, creating more value for application utility. Um, it shouldn't just be about having an NFT that is siloed within, within one platform, but how you can kind of, you know, use that cross-platform and, and enable these digital experiences. So that's kind of the, the first use case that we've enabled. Um, and then kind of building on top of that, we also partnered with um, another entity, a revolution of celebration. And they're uh, also working with UCAN as well to enable the first kind of biggest New Year's Eve virtual concert that's being hosted uh, this December 31st. Mm. Um, and DigitalX is the official crypto digital fashion partner uh, where we have this VIP virtual room that you can uh, buy a ticket for and you can um, come in as an avatar and experience the conference. And there's, it, it's really crazy actually, there's a 60 million audience reach. Uh, there's two artists performing. Um, they're really big in the space. Tusi, he's a rapper, he just signed with Capitol Records last week. And Farina, she's um, Latin America, Latin American artist um, and, and has a really great uh, follower base. And then it's hosted by Amanda Cerny. So, um, yeah, it's it's been an amazing experience. I would say that um, we're humbled as DigitalX as such kind of an early protocol to be able to work with, you know, amazing minds here within San Francisco where we're based as well, um, and kind of show the use cases and business models around you know digital fashion merchandising for um, experiences and, and how you know um, players can have uh, identity through uh, digital fashion assets. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, I think one of the things that's happening, broadly speaking, of course, is that, you know, we're seeing uh, a sort of extraordinary price support for Bitcoin at north of 23,000. Uh, and like, you know, one of the things that's happened is that people are talking about this as sort of a generational asset class, right? So the thing that's kind of novel is sort of the erosion of institutional trust and kind of the emerging generational uh, kind of the thesis around blockchain and blockchain authentic ownership, right? So I guess the thing that's really interesting to kind of look at is like, how do you see kind of longer term futures in kind of your domain, right? Because obviously we do understand from previous shows that like, you know, authenticity and proof of ownership and kind of to some extent, sort of vanity, you know, and this kind of idea of, of the whole thing as a cosmetics industry, I think is it makes a ton of sense. But I guess, you know, where, where does it go after that? Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of like fundamental layers to it and, and how you look at it and, and kind of different levels that you can break down. Maybe to kind of first address, you know, what you were saying more from that um, financial perspective with, you know, Bitcoin reaching kind of a, a new price level and a new all-time high. Um, I think, you know, part of that came from a really big push in the space in, in crypto in general this year with DeFi and kind of, you know, the big boom that we saw around that over um, particularly kind of that that summer period um, with, with August, September, October. And what I kind of gathered a lot from that was 
crypto was able to really touch on a, a first principle or DeFi was um, with you know individuals and us users around this idea that they could put value in in terms of you know cryptocurrency and get more value back and and i think that's kind of you know a big heuristic in a sense of really touching on a, a first principle of human nature around you know wealth generation um and these kind of aspects and, and really why it was able to take off and so the reason why i kind of talk about that and and where that i guess relates to this digital fashion and, and gaming industry that we're looking at is the reason why I was drawn a lot to digital fashion was really when I looked at the industry, um, it was a lot around understanding that this is a, a first principle um, or kind of a, 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 you know, a human nature kind of industry. If you think about fashion in general, uh, it, it's a, a core industry that's been around for thousands of years. I mean, go back to Egyptian times, go to, to 1800s, fashion has always had a, a use case within society. If you think about maybe from a status symbol, like you mentioned, more vanity side, um, but particularly this idea of like self-expression and identity. Uh, it's this direct channel of communication that we use. And I think that a lot of the time we don't realize um, how kind of important and attached it's been uh, throughout society and, and just a, a core fundamental of human nature and uh, human characteristics in general. So kind of looking at that side and, and that fundamental first principle of fashion. When I think about the future, I, I really believe that 3D content, 3D real-time content is, uh, you know, a hugely kind of scalable and, and growth industry. Um, and that gaming VR, these digital experiences, I mean, we just kind of saw, you know, with, with the pandemic, this big shift, I would say, um, in the way that we're reacting now or interacting with more immersive environments and, and digital environments. And I think that's just going to continue to grow. Uh, the pandemic brought about new behaviors and it kind of accelerated a lot of things. Um, but I think that we were already on a path there beforehand and we were kind of pushing towards it more exponentially than, than probably what a lot of us realized. Um, and so when I kind of look at that side of, you know, 3D in the future, um, this is where I really see that digital fashion will have a, a big use case because at the end of the day, when you look at first principles, human nature and, and human kind of heuristics, they, they don't change uh, these kind of you know, fundamentals. And so when you think about self-expression identity, there will be a big industry and use case for that uh, within 3D and, and digital and, and fashion will have a, a large market share of enabling that. So that's kind of where I see the future. Um, it's a lot around, you know, when people start interacting with these experiences and um, these environments in these new worlds, um, that it will become an expectation that that fashion is part of it, that it's, you know, something that can enable status, it can enable vanity, it can enable, uh, you know, new identities. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, actually. Like one of the things that uh, I've been thinking about is, uh, you know, if you go into the gaming world, right, like a lot of the uh, idea from from this relates to a couple of things. One of them is character customization, right? So this this idea that you, the user invests in the customization of of their character, right? So that this this customization element has to do with uh, display. It has to do with originality. It has to do with authenticity. It has to do with things like the difficulty of acquiring. Uh, in-game elements or display elements, you know. So if you if it's very if it's if you have something that's very difficult to get, 
or very scarce or very rare, then people will, you know, obviously be excited to see it and they'll be excited, you know, and obviously all of their excitement is gated on the authenticity, right? Because, you know, if you just have a copy of something, you know, and in digital, traditionally without blockchain, you know, digital has been about copying everything and it's being about like things degenerating in value. So I guess for me, though, the thing that's so interesting about this from a generational perspective is that COVID has created this kind of kick into the digital realm. And I think one of the things that is happening culturally is that there's more uh, fluidity and more consent entering into uh, individual representation, right? So for example, uh, one of the things that we're seeing, uh, you know, is we're seeing the emergence of, uh, you know, novel uh, gendered pronouns, right? And I think that that tendency creates opportunity for representation and, you know, more about individual consensual representation, right? So, you know, it's about people deciding how they want to be represented as opposed to someone else imposing a representation on them. So, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you look at, how do you look at uh, this? Because I look at blockchain from an open source perspective and from the perspective of sort of consent based uh, financial infrastructure. So, you know, cause you just choose, you choose the yeah. thing that, that is, is the most serving you. So, so maybe you can comment a bit about that. Sure. Um, I mean, maybe to start with like what you mentioned on like more of an exclusivity side, I think that that's where I see, you know, NFTs as a distribution channel for natively digital assets. Like you said, you know, in the future with what around copying and, and degeneration of value, but it's kind of, enables a supply chain that can hold value um, and that can even kind of add growth to value for the future. Um, and I think that's really important because when we think about, you know, scalability of a, a digital native digital asset industry, um, when we have new business models and kind of new monetization models coming in, it, there has to be that idea of how you can hold value of a digital asset or, or maintain value. So this is where I see NFTs, you know, particularly when you think about rarity levels and being able to verify and authenticate rarity levels. Um, this is a big thing and, and, and just kind of putting a focus on, on digital fashion and, and talking about that side, you know, even in the traditional fashion industry, uh, a lot of the value of, you know, uh, say a, a t-shirt or a, you know, a brand, it's driven around um, supply and demand. And, you know, these kind of more luxury brands, it's about how they can verify um, you know, there's kind of only 40 Yeezys that we're issuing um, yep. in the world and then the price and, and demand goes up. So NFTs for the first time is being able to take that business model and that kind of concept and, and put it digitally and then authenticate that throughout the entire supply chain process. And I think that's where a lot of value is going to come. And, um, you know, brands, fashion houses, um, they're able to, I guess, experiment with that side more. Um, and I think that's going to just continue to grow um, as they, you know, create more of a, a digital presence. So, yeah, I, I believe that blockchain does have, you know, outside of kind of that financial aspect, um, it, it does have a very strong use case for digital content distribution. And, you know, I, I still believe now that the NFT market, it is very um, revolved around still this investor mindset of, you know, okay, I'm going to buy an NFT asset and I'm going to buy it on a basis of, I believe that it will go up in value in the future and I can trade that on a secondary market and, and gain more value back from it. But I think that this idea of um, content utility and, and NFTs, you know, acting as kind of 
a, a utility um, and, 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 you know, giving application more uh, to digital content. I, I really believe that that is a strong use case for them in the future and tying that with authenticity and, and you know, enabling rarity. Um, that's going to be a, a big thing uh, or use case for blockchain. So you mentioned uh, Ye- Yeezy. So I'm, I'm interested to know kind of your perception of um, kind of the corporate, uh, you know, entry points, you know, because obviously brand things like sponsorship, you know, potentially advertising at some level, you know, so how do you see these influences, you know, in this in this emerging space? Very good question. Um, I definitely think, you know, just looking at kind of, again, the growth of the industry, there has been a, a shift in a sense of, I think, a lot of influences really looking at this space. If you look at, um, there's a, a, a company in LA, um, kind of a, a large startup, I think now Genies, and they do a lot of this idea of like avatars and, and, and fashion, digital fashion, um, and they partner with a lot of celebrities and influencers to kind of enable that. And they're slowly moving into the um, blockchain space. So I think they actually are building on Flow um, and the Dapper Labs yep. blockchain there. So um, I definitely think that there is a market opening up for that. And particularly from a celebrity and influencer point of view, it, it's kind of this whole new distribution and market for them um, and, you know, a new kind of um, investor or customer base that they can access and kind of, uh, you know, look at kind of how they can tap into to value within that. So, yeah, from a corporate perspective, I do believe that NFTs, um, they will have different use cases. I think that the um, business model around that, uh, it's still not completely defined around what the scalability will be there um, and what I guess the buyer market uh, will find value in because I guess that's still where the the missing or dis- link or disparity is. It's around, you know, cosmetic to application of NFTs. And I think that that's going to be a big thing for the future is it's not just about, you know, issuing cosmetic NFTs like it is now and, and being able to uh, gain a lot of value from that, but people will expect utility and application. And this is really what Digitalx were, were focused on is how you can bring utility and, and application to our NFTs as quickly as possible and identifying where that product market fit is, where that uh, application is that is really going to add value for a user or a buyer. Um, And so this is kind of what we're experimenting now with and and validating, I guess, with our community and our market, um, where do they see value within this NFT outside of the the cosmetic realm? And where is that, you know, really niche application or usage um, that kind of, I guess, enables more uh, uh, unlocking of content or, or value within the NFT itself. But I think until then, like the cosmetic component is actually very big and very mm-hmm. sufficient. So, you know, one of the things that I saw was an economic modeling of free-to-play gaming as a cosmetics industry, right? Because if you look at free-to-play gaming, the thing that the free-to-play gamers don't want is pay to win, right? So they don't want to purchase items that give them in-game advantage. So because of the free-to-play industry and the growth of kind of skins and the purchasable cosmetic components, you can actually model all of the economic value in those environments as being cosmetic, right? Because, you oh. know, if so, so the point I'm trying to make is if you actually model them as cosmetics companies, some of those game companies are economically larger cosmetics companies than L'Oreal, 
Like they're 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 the largest cosmetics companies in the world. Are they're maybe digital? To, maybe to clarify, I think maybe my my definition of of cosmetic got mixed up. So when I talk about cosmetic, I was meaning more you know from an NFT perspective, cosmetic is is a bit more like you just buying a PNG file, um, you know, and then you just have that on your computer in a sense. I see. But um, yeah, definitely when I talk about application utility, I mean you know how you can say I guess from our perspective, digital fashion how you could take that in a cosmetic sense into a game. So your avatar it. could, could it. wear it. Got and it. That's so the application, so the application yeah. is a cosmetic application, but it's actually, exactly. uh, you're actually allow, you're bringing it on, uh, on platform. Like, so you're moving it through 100%. the channel into the platform. 100%. Okay. Exactly. So instead of just, you know, having like a GIF file on your computer, right. you can take that, use that as an avatar, play that within the game. And I definitely believe, you know, free to play models, uh, in gaming and also, you know, um, DLC, like downloadable content. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think that that is a huge future for actually a business model of gaming. I mean, you know, we, we saw in the past, it was very much, you know, premium models, pay up front, um, and then you kind of have access to the game. But now, you know, from a, a studio perspective as well, it's like how you, you know, decrease this tail end, um, you know, from kind of the game studios being able to to monetize from all of their hard work and the development side. And a big part of that is instead of just shipping the game and then, you know, letting players play, how can you start bringing in more DLCs and, and more content? Um, and this is really where DigitalX as well, our, our vision is based off, is that the future will be for gaming VR 3D content when there's a greater usage. Um, it will very much be around how you can ship content into these environments faster. And this is why we see NFTs as a scalable distribution from that supply chain perspective, um, from you know, streamlining KYC, identity, um, you know, authenticity, verification. It can actually create more an efficient supply chain um, for actually being able to you know, ship content into these virtual environments um, you know, more efficiently. And I don't mean that from the perspective of your game has to be blockchain based or your your VR world has to be blockchain based. I mean, as we kind of displayed with UCAN, it wasn't about that UCAN had to build on, on Ethereum or the blockchain, but it's about how they we could actually enable the supply chain beforehand with our designers, with our digital fashion pieces, um, with from a payment side, from that that buyer's perspective of creating this, you know, content asset and then taking it into their world and having that accepted and verified within there. Um, so yeah, I think that that is going to be um, a really big part that, that NFTs can play with enabling these free to play and, and DLC business models uh, in gaming. Fantastic. Well, uh, you know, we, we bounced up against the top of the hour. So, you know, I think we, we do have to close down. But like, you know, this has been a fascinating conversation. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back, uh, you know, after a spell. And, you know, you can report back to us uh, some of the more exciting, uh, you know, product announcements and auctions and things you've been you've been up to. That would be great. No, thank you so much, Miko, for, for having me on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much. 